I get a feeling there's going to be a riot. I don't read the newspapers because they all have ugly prints. Yes, it is time for another action-packed podcast, Tinfoil Hat. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm super stoked. You guys' feedback on the podcast has been great. Uh, positive. I love on the last episode on YouTube, people are going at it. It's so much fun. So I'm very excited to be here. This is episode six, I believe. This is episode six, so we're just getting into this. It's some new stuff, so I'm asking you guys to bear with me. I'll talk to my next guest about kind of what uh what what's the hard the hard part of doing conspiracy theory podcasts. Real quick, I want to say that uh, February twenty fourth, my the movie that I am featured in called Dying Laughing. It is available. It's going to be available in theaters and on video on demand. They're doing this crazy new thing. Uh, February twenty fourth. So look for it, Dying Laughing. And then my new CD, my double CD, The Diabolical will be out in March. You can pre-order it now. Just go put in Sam Tripoli and look for the smiling baby. So, guys, thanks for tuning in. Your feedback on the podcast is great. Uh, My guest here is uh, a very talented, very smart comedian. Uh, She's a wonderful person, and I love her. You know her from many things. One of them is Kill Tony. She graduated, or she escaped. I don't know what's the rule on that one. Uh, please welcome Vanilla, Vanessa Johnston, everybody. Hi. Thank, How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on the show. It's always really fun when you meet uh, a couple. Whenever you meet a fellow comedian who is in two uh, conspiracy theories, it's always fun. When it's a, a, a woman, it's even better. There's just something about women who question everything. It just, it, it just, it's very hot. It's very cool. Well, I think most women question everything. Right? I, I, that's They're true. Like, no one's telling us the truth ever. What does that? What does that come into your life? <laughs> question everything all the time as a woman. Um, I mean, I don't know about I don't know about other women, but I mean, for me, I don't, that's a good point. I don't know specifically. What, I just noticed that most women seem to not trust anyone or anything. Is the, but is there a reason for that? Um, I don't know. I can't speak for most women. I never really felt like I identified with. With most women, um, but for me, I know kind of like when that point happened where I had like sort of a shift in my perspective is when I was- uh, Men or just in general? In general. Okay. Not trusting anyone or what anyone says. Um, I was, I think I was in like elementary school and my mom pulled me aside and was like, hey, you're going to be going to school now and everyone believes in Santa Claus. Just so you know, he's not real. Don't tell them that. <laughs> And so for like five years, I was. When did she? At what age did she tell you this? I mean, probably I was like five, six. That is a very early to tell somebody. I never believed in. She never told me Santa Claus was real. She was like, "Hey, I think it was just you didn't want to like go through the work of all the theatrics." She's She's like, like, "I don't want to hide the packages. I don't want (laughs) to wrap them. I don't want to eat the fake cookies and milk. Right, and drink the milk." So. So I think that when you, when you're so young and you see all these people that blindly accept Santa Claus is real and you're like they all think this guy's so real and I know he's not. I think that kind of sets you up for questioning oh, everything. That's so interesting. Oh. That's so because it's so relevant right now. So what I always ask a new guest on the show is uh, why do you believe people don't believe in conspiracies? Why do they get labeled conspiracy theories, and why does someone like Aaron just so reject it <laughs> so hard? Why is that? Um, well, you know, I think I think it stems from a couple different things. One, again, with you know the way we're raised as children, we're, we're told, okay, people that are older than you or have more control than your power, authority. They're, whatever they say is right. So whatever they say, you accept. And if you question it, typically you're chastised as a child. So I think that that's ingrained in us at a young age. And then also, I mean, I think as people get older and, and we start sort of gathering information from different parts of life, like, you know, universities, online, um, I think there's just, you know, I was reading I was reading about universities specifically and um, 
I they're just they're I don't want to sound like I'm I'm um completely crazy no, but no no you're you're following Eddie <laughs> Bravo the... who had me somewhat convinced of flat earth so you're <laughs> you're totally in a great place yeah. this is there is no crazy in this and... podcast and it's something else <laughs> I want to ask you again but finish your thought yeah I um you know looking looking at so if you look at these conspiracy theories and and you you do trace them back you if you do accept the conspiracy theory you realize that part of that conspiracy theory is a control of information and a control of education and so um you know i think that's why people that accept education blindly you look at like medical students for example i have a couple friends who are doctors and and family members who are doctors and it's a known fact in the medical community that when they go to medical college or when they go to uh, med school that they are ingrained to prescribe certain medications and that those schools are then sponsored by pharmaceutical companies. Those, those yes. Right. And so it's a, it's all a circle. And so you can't, I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I can't, I can't speak to why other people don't believe it. It is something it's, uh, you know, you talked about how you get chastised. I feel that public schools is just to get you to follow the rules and do what you're told. There is an education thing, but it's not too much. And, I mean, because you look at the guy who doesn't follow the rules, they get detention, they get suspended, they get a lot. If they don't play by rules, they get pounded on very hard and they're singled out very early as that person isn't playing ball. Where the other people, they get, you know, it's like sometimes if you're book smart doesn't necessarily mean you're smart, meaning that you are just maybe good at retaining knowledge and being able to answer uh, multiple choice questions. You right, you're just you're you're taking information and then regurgitating it in right. the form of tests. Absolutely, and um, you know that makes me think of when I uh, I was in I think junior high, and uh, I definitely that sort of uh, resistance towards authority was an issue for me, and it still is an issue for right. me. Right, right. Um, and you know I've had to sort of try to control it when I'm in a work situation. But I remember in school, it I, is hard. Oh, it really is hard because you're pretty smart. We've talked about it. You're you're a really high IQ human being, <laughs> and most of the places you're going to work initially. I mean, I know you're doing some big shit now, but like initially, you're going to work with people that you're probably smarter than. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And you see the games they're playing. It's, That's the weirdest part when you see the game that is being played. And you're like, I know what you're doing here. Yeah, and it's very hard when when you're in that position and you have to respect their authority. And I've been in situations where I tried to circumvent it because I could. Like, I would circumvent my boss and go to the CEO, and then that led to them trying uh, to fire me. Yes. It's not a good it's not a good path. Yeah. Um, which is, I think a lot of comedians are like that, which is why most comedians can't keep a normal job. Yes. I got f- fired about 15 times. Yeah. It's, you know, it's hard, but... Um, it's not hard. I actually got used to getting fired. I could actually <laughs> see when it was coming. It was like, can I talk to you in the office? That's when I knew. Danger, Will Robinson. Nobody ever comes back from the office happy. Nobody. It's never Coke and hookers and great times. It's pack your shit. You didn't play along. We tried to give you a chance. And it's just, it is what it is. I want to ask you something. Now, I'm doing this podcast, and I would love to have you on it anytime you're available. And one thing I'm running into in this podcast is that do I check people when they say stuff that might not, I believe, be 100% true? Now, it's a weird and, like, this is a brand-new podcast. It's on a feed that's been around for a while, but the podcast itself is brand-new. And I'm running into, do I, like, like, I'm a conspiracy theorist. I'm into almost anything except for, it's almost sexual. Like, I'm down with anything except there's that one line, right? And conspiracy theories are like that. I'm really into everything. Flat Earth is where I got to go, okay, I'm not there. Right. Well, you know, it depends on, I guess, your audience, and I would assume that, most people that listen to this podcast are more intelligent or they're more aware of what's going on. So I think if you're going to talk to those people, I would assume that being factually correct, at least logically correct, um, is important to them. So I would, I would, I would check them. I, I, it's a very interesting because I want people to come on here and be able to talk freely because, you know, in weird way, conspiracy theorists are almost like battered children in a weird way because. <laughs> I mean, I have so many people that I love and respect in every other aspect of their life, 
except when it comes to certain things. And, you know, it's like what's going on in politics right now is a very big part of that. And we'll get, and which fits into what you want to talk about. And, you know, the, I always ask people, as long as you believe in what you're talking about on the podcast, I can let you go, which is, you know, last week I do believe Eddie Bravo is a flat earth guy, and he, that's fine. It's fine. I don't believe, even though I started looking into it, I just – I'm going to have more people on to it. There's this whole theory right now that Flat Earth, it's popping up everywhere because it's being funded by people who want people to talk about anything but Pizzagate. That's a big thing that's out there right now. This guy, David Seaman, who's like the authority on Pizzagate, he has all these, my sources, you hear this a lot in the conspiracy <laughs> theory world, my sources say that this is all funded to get people not to talk about Pizzagate. You know when someone's a next level conspiracy theorist, when they have conspiracy theories about conspiracy theories. That's how it goes, <laughs> totally. And that's kind of what's going on right now. Now, uh, we talked about uh, a bunch of stuff you wanted to talk about. We, you know, you did the rant tours with me, and you had we kind of got into a little bit. And it's very interesting because you know it's like there was a whole bunch of different personalities on the show, and not all of them agree with it. So you want I, you gave me the stuff you wanted to talk today. You kind of want to talk about new world order. More, more specifically, like the Rothschild banking system. Okay, because I really like this because I think this is a very big situation right now that's going on with this with Trump and his candidacy and a lot of stuff that I'm seeing in real time is going on that you have to be into it to you have to have information. Now, a lot of the information you're going to hear to, during this hour, you will not hear on ABC News. You will not hear on NBC, Fox, MSNBC, any of the, any of the alphabet stations, <laughs> because they're all owned by pieces of the same people. I want to start this off by, and this is for Aaron too, this conversation about the Rothschilds is not anti-Semitism, okay? And you're going to hear that very quickly when someone's going to go, oh, this is international bankers, this is anti-Semitism, and it's my feeling that it's done by people very high up to get the people very low to fight for them, thinking they have commonality going on here, if that's even a word I use. I, I might have made it up, but it fit what I was doing. So the people up top make the people believe down below that they're all one group. Absolutely. And and actually, I was, I was reading about this uh, recently that um, the Rothschilds actually formed, I can't remember the, the long form name, it was like the NLP group or something to do with defamation of like essentially an organization devoted to stopping anti-Semitism and anti-defamation league. Right. Is that it? Yes. The Anti-Defamation League. Which, by the way, our good friend Ari Shafir is on their watch list. That's really funny. Yes. Ari Shafir, a long time ago, got hit up. Uh, someone hit them up. They're like, we know who this Ari Shafir is. We have been watching him for a while. So they're actually, they were started by the Rothschilds. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And th th that's what they do. Like, in common terms, it's like LeBron James crying about racism. Like trying to equate what he has going on in his life and difficulties to a guy, Eric Gardner, who gets choked out selling cigarettes on the corner. You just got a billion dollars from Nike. It's too, you, you're both black, but you're, one has wealth and one is just trying to survive. It's like Beyonce crying on the Grammys the other day. But the Rothschilds are very interesting. And I also want to get into the Rothschilds are very big. Not as big, but supposedly working with them are... The uh, Rockefellers. Now, the reason I bring up the Rockefellers is because the Rockefellers are Protestant. They own Chase Bank. They're Protestant. So right there kills all the anti-Semitism. It's going on. There are people who happen to be Jewish. They're in power positions. But because they're, they're not... They're not bad people because they're Jewish. They're bad people because they're doing evil shit to their fellow man. My best friend Dave delivers food. He's Jewish. He's 40. He runs nothing except your pizza delivery order. That's all he runs. There's nothing. So, so really kill that right off the bat. So, oh yeah, I'm not an anti-Semite. No, not at all. And I am not either. And then, but, but people do that to stop the conversation. Right. Well, and, and so the anti, um, how do you say it again? Anti-defamation league. <laughs> right. So they actually, um, 
whenever university professors try to talk about the central banking system and relate it back to the Rothschilds, if you do look this up, you'll realize that the, a lot of the information is very hard to find. It's very scattered, and they've done this on purpose. And so, anyway, um, whenever university professors try to even tap into the subject, they're always attacked. At, oh, these people are anti-Semites. Like, how dare they do this? And so that's definitely been a tactic that they've to, to try to decrease information that's 100%, 100%. Now, there's a, the reason I bring up the Rothschilds is because, and I don't know her name, and I'm not going to look it up right now, but one of the daughters of the Rothschild was a huge, huge supporter of Hillary Clinton, which means big donorship and all that stuff. And now we have a situation in which Trump gets in, okay, wasn't expected to get in. Somehow people got in. And I would tell people, be very cautious before you start looking at Trump as your white knight. I'm not saying he's a – I, you know, I would say the same thing if my dad was president. I'm like, my dad's from, born in the 40s, you know, has a certain way of looking at the world. You know, just because he's not an insider doesn't mean that he's a white knight. He's just not an insider. For as much as a billionaire Trump is, he's not – one of the good old boys right and he doesn't have that much money compared to i mean the people the families that rule the world have they've thrown out ballpark numbers that i think are a bit uh, aggressive 500 trillion 500 trillion i think if you say that to anybody i think most people are like oh these people are crazy um you know i don't know if it's true but i do know that you know, if Carlos Slim woke up, it's like that joke that Chris Rock has. If Carlos Slim woke up and had Trump's money, it's like that Oprah joke he has. <laughs> Oprah yeah. joke, if he woke up and had that money, he'd kill himself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Having, you know, $8 billion is not a lot of money, and it doesn't mean that you're, you are a part of these exclusive groups, if that's what you would call 100%. them. 100%. So do you want to get into the star or kind of the power of that they have right now and then go back, or how do you want to do it? What's your- well, I think, I think like the... The original, so the so the patriarch of the Rothschild family, he and his um, first sons are sort of like the basis of everything. So I, I think probably start there and then go into what it's become. Okay. Um, okay. So Mayor Rothschild is the the OG, OG Rothschild, right. and um, he started very very young. Very young, and he I think he was born in I, I believe it was like 1720 100 yeah it's a long ve- time ago a long time ago very young i mean like he was supposedly working at a bank at about i correct me if i'm wrong like 12 years old like 12 13 years old this is before child labor laws and all that stuff they started working he started working very early in the ba- i think his banking his father wanted him to become a rabbi he's like f that i'm going to go and i'm going to intern at this bank and he learned banking at 12 years old right so he's i mean he's a prodigy he's obviously very intelligent and then and again correct me because you're definitely more of an expert on on check my facts if i get this wrong um and so then he started consulting for german royals i believe yes and he set up a bank with with um with them and i think it was like 1760 um and then he ended up having i believe it was four men four male children um, who then left and moved to different parts of Europe and set up their own he, sort of banks. He was the first, I, and, the, and, and we'll, we'll get corrected by somebody, there was something about the Rothschilds where they were the first to set up a banking system in which their own family could run everything. And he had a very strict rule, which was only the males get to run and make business decisions. And inherit money. Yes. Even Rothschild women, I don't know if that's still true today, but back then Rothschild women were not allowed to inherit money either. So they ended up a lot of times marrying back into the family. So they would like marry cousins. And so they built this sort of like incestuous conglomerate. And then you could tell by how they look, they are not pretty people. <laughs> they are not pretty the royals aren't good looking like the royals had to start fucking other people because it was getting not good looking you see pictures of Anne the rothschilds not attractive at all they got that weird like the king's speech the <laughs> fucking ro- the crown on fucking netflix that really unattractive pasty white look and that's what happens when you bang your cousins a lot yeah no a lot of them are kind of cross-eyed for sure so the the big move i believe and I don't want to rush through this if we're jumping too much, had to do 
with the French-English War? Right, with Napoleon. Is and it so, not jumping anything? Or you- no, I think I think that you're right on. And so that was sort of like the first, the birth move that helped them, you know, um, sort of acquire all their wealth. So what happened was is that, um, so two of his sons moved, one moved to Paris and another one moved to London. And so when Napoleon started this war, um, the the brother that was in Paris was like, oh, I'll help fund you on this war. And then he called his brother in London was like, hey, do you want to fund the the British royal side? Because yes. we'll fund both sides of so this war. So they funded both sides of this war. And what ended up happening is that, and this is this has ended up, I mean, they they've essentially funded most wars to yes. this date. Which we'll since get then. into that too. Right. But so it happened and which is I mean it's smart. Essentially what they did is when they were funding these both sides of the war, they're like, okay, well which which side winning is most beneficial for us? Let's make sure that side wins. So they decided that the British royal family winning would be most beneficial to the Rothschild family um, because then the royal family would be indebted to them. And so the brother in Paris started decreasing the funding of Napoleon's army so that they started having less resources and end up losing the war. And simultaneously, while this is happening, the brother that was in London backing the royal family knew that they were going to win. And so he ended up um, selling off some of his stocks and bonds. He he basically, what happens is that from what I've read, correct me if I'm wrong on YouTube and everything, is that they pull back out the money out of France and France loses the war. But the Rothschilds run back and tell everybody in England that the British lost right. and that they they start selling off their bonds and a panic happens. And it causes a crash. It causes a crash. Everybody sells their bonds and then the Rothschilds come back and buy all the bonds at pennies on the dollar of the pound. Mm-hmm. And now they own the country. Right. They're basically owning the country. Right. And then they've, they've sort of um, replicated this system several times. And they've they've done this with pretty much every war. And they've capitalized on every economic crash and every major, you know, every first world country. And so... Um, and now here we are. Yeah, well, so they, they basically do that, and then they come to America, and America's new, uh, a brand-new country, and they want to get in on this. And they want to start a Federal Reserve. Now, people don't—some people do, that, and probably the people who listen to this podcast know, that the Federal Reserve is a privately owned company. It is not a government— department. And if you are listening to this podcast, I hope you realize what the Federal Reserve is. The Federal Reserve is basically the central bank to the United States that basically prints our money. Right. And every dollar you have in your pocket is basically a loan. And they collect interest. And they collect interest in that loan. And three presidents have tried to get rid of the Rothschilds. Try to, try to go off the Federal Reserve and yes. go back to um, the United States having control of their money. Yeah, and uh, who were the... Pre- I know the two are obvious, but who's the first... Was it Jackson? Jackson, Lincoln, and, and Kennedy. Kennedy. Now, what do, all the, what do all those presidents have in common? They all took a... They all... Someone tried to assassinate them. Two out of three worked. Jackson got away. Kennedy got shot. And... And uh, Lincoln got shot. They're obviously still mad about Jackson. Didn't they just take him off uh, the coin? Yeah, they're like, fuck, <laughs> they're like, that's take, so funny. It's taking us 100 years. We're going to put a black woman on Fuck. <laughs> oh, that, I didn't even think about that. That's very funny. They're just going to erase him from the fucking, the whole history by taking him off and putting Harriet Tubman on there. But by the time the money comes out, no one's going to be using cash, which is a big part of their evil plan, too. Go on. I was just going to say, it doesn't make sense to have a president that was impeached on a on a bill that we still use. Interesting. Right. Interesting. He wasn't fully impeached, but he was censured or whatever they call it. Yes. Whatever they did he was Clinton Bill Clinton. Yeah. He was the first one. Right, but that was set up by the Rothschilds. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, we can't kill him? Okay, well. we're Oh, dude. And that, I mean, when we get to it, we're going to get into what's going on right now. And then I think this is all a big part of it. So the, so. There is there so then they they don't just have our central bank, they're literally part of almost 
every country on the planet's central bank. Yeah, if you look up, if you look up um, banks owned by the Rothschilds, you'll see the list. I think there's like 150 central, some, some crazy number amount of banks. Yeah, here it is. Banks owned by the Rothschilds. So unbelievable. And this is this is a this is factual information. You can't dispute this. You know that's you know. So I'm just gonna go through a couple of them, uh, and these are all basically central bank. You know, Federal Reserves of these countries. Okay, the Central Bank of Uzbekistan Republic, Central Bank of the Bahamas, Central Banks of Bahrain, uh, Central Banks of Badaro. I don't even know where the fuck that is. Okay, Central Bank of Belize, Central Bank of West African States. Look at the Central Bank of Bolivia. That's where the cocaine is. Central Bank of Bosnia. I mean, we could just go on forever. All these central banks. Central Bank of China. I mean, and you just go on, and you're right. It's 100 banks. Now, there was also this notion uh, countries without central, without Rothschild's banks. And that's a big thing, too, because it was, uh, do you know the countries? No, but I'm assuming that they get attacked all the time, right? Because yes. they're probably trying to invade them. Without central banks. Yes. Okay. And it's, this is it, dude. This is where it starts getting real fucking interesting, Aaron. Okay. By the time Al Magical kicks me out of the studio, you will be unfucking plugged, homeboy. Okay? Because here it is. It's like, it's, dude, it's Libya, North Korea, I, Iran, at one time Iraq, Yemen, Afghanistan, Iran. Did I already say that? Well, I want to say fucking again. Syria. Russia just kicked them out. Okay? Like, what do all those countries have in common right now? We are bombing them, with the exception of Iran, and we are ramping up for that. There is a real, real strong case that most of our wars have to do more with us doing the bidding of the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and all these other power groups, but mostly the Rothschilds, that our defense is really just an offense. And it should, you know... Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree. It's it's ridiculous. Aaron, look at me. Do you understand what we're talking about? Yeah. That we are bought and sold? You want Sure. You want to hear a crazy thing? Guess who owns the IRS? Who do you think runs the owns the IRS? Let me does it start with R as well? <laughs> One well, it's actually they can't come out and do that. So it's the World Banking Organization and the International Monetary Fund. They own our IRA, it is not a U.S. government department. We pay taxes to a foreign entity. Which is also crazy. You know, I was reading about um, they, were, they were prosecuting some Swiss banks for tax evasion from the IRS. So which is so weird because they were prosecuting Rothschild banks. So it's weird that, that they're... Their IRS is like trying to get money, but then they're at the same time they have banks hiding money. Is it weird if is it weird if you're you're putting on the persona that it's an independent thing, that it's not part of this bigger scheme? And what better way to show that than the than the sue yourself? Would I do that? You ever see in the movies guys like fakes it, so he's like, oh boom, and he shoots himself. And they, hey man, they killed her and they shot me. I can't believe I lived. You know, the best way to do is to take a little collateral damage, and then you know you're like, hey man, why would we sue ourselves? Well, right, and they, I think only one of the ten banks were, because um, they were all Swiss banks. I think only one of them were backed by the Rothschilds, and so they probably were like, oh, let's put one of our own in there, but take most of the money out. Oh, the, the IMF. The IMF, which is an agency of the UN, which goes back to the New World Order, owns the Treasury and owns the U.S. Treasury is now the IMF. Look at that. And IMF runs the fucking IRS. New World Order, homeboy. It's deep, dude. Do you see it yet? Do you see it? I feel like he's been burned out from like what four episodes. <laughs> he's like, I don't know, I don't have opinions anymore. You know, can we get an can we get an intern to run this one? I'm just trying to save you, bro. So so they own so they own all these central banks, and this is a really big thing going on. I want to get in to 
Trump a little bit on this. Do you think that this ownership of all the central banks and all the media, can we get into the media that they run? And then I want to get into Trump and how that affects Trump. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I know they back most of the media, right? Except from, do they back Fox too? Yeah. Yeah. No, no here's what it, they own. They don't own them all right, outright, because that would be so obvious. So they own portions of the companies that own right like a big chunk like 20 percent they'll buy a big chunk of it and they'll own the company that owns all the all the news outlets right they also so um the major banks that are backed by the rothschilds also own most of the oil every big oil company they own every big oil company and they own a large portion of stock in pretty much every fortune 500 company and that you know it goes back to rockefellers they just bought a giant chunk of uh, like 30% of the Rockefeller, uh, whole, basically their company, their giant company, which owns Chase Bank. And they were um, state Standard Oil back in the day. Standard Oil. They were one of the first companies the Rockefellers owned. That's yours? <laughs> so, uh, that Standard Oil was the first one where they used monopoly laws to break it up into 80 little pieces. And all those pieces was... Texaco, uh, you name an oil company, it used to be part of Standard Oil. That's how big and rich they were. They were going to other countries and making deals with other countries to get their oil companies going. So, like, the Rockefellers were the first of the really big ones to start thinking multinational, like they do deals with China and all that stuff. Now, the Rothschilds own a piece of that. And then uh, the Rothschilds, entire media. I love it. Oh, here it well, is. One thing, so... Um, kind of like going into the media, part of the the Rothschild was it what they learned from the war between you know between Napoleon and um, Great Britain was that they benefit from any sort of um, you know problem like any sort of problem yes. or or a disagreement between two parties they benefit from. So um, there's some some theories that they sort of push for diversity and they try to they almost create two different ideologies to have them fight and so one of the theories is that they created sort of the left the left and the right wing of yes. of the american you know of american politics so you ever hear the fight. theory that the rockefellers uh funded feminism that they created feminism and funded it because they knew and not don't take this the wrong way that they knew that they could manipulate females emotionally mm -hmm. and that the whole key was to make them emotional, just fucking train wrecks that deal with everything emotionally. And in a weird way, we're kind of there right now where right. emotions are facts and not just women, just across the board where it's like this super progressive social justice warrior thing. And it's like emotions, everything's mo so, yeah, they funded that. And we'll get to the So in the 90s. People don't realize out of nowhere, the government, spearheaded by the Clintons, deregulated the media. And nobody knew why they did it. Before they deregulated the media, and this is very important, it, when they deregulated media, there were 80 media companies. 80 media companies. It is now down to six companies own all 90% of the major media outlets so when hillary clinton's running and you see univision go and buy the onion people flip the fuck out right and everyone yeah. laughed at it they're like oh dude ha, 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 ha. univision the mexican company the spanish-speaking company now owns uni uh the onion that's hilarious uh no because guess who owns univision nbc no yeah yeah and, like, that's why you see companies all the time. Huffington Post bought out. Right. And it just You know who else got bought out? TMZ got bought out. And that game changed completely. When they destroyed Tom Cruise, Hollywood woke, whoa, because, you know, all the studios. Let's go down the list of companies. And if I'm hijacking what you're talking about. No, go for please it. Please tell me to go fuck myself. <laughs> okay. So these are the companies. Wake up, Aaron. I know you're trying to sleep this off. Okay? This is the real shit. We're just we're just trying to help you understand that you're a, you're you're being ran by you're a fascist slave, okay? 
Aaron, I have one question. I've been thinking about this for the last 30 minutes. That Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt you're wearing, yeah. did you sleep in that last <laughs> night? No. No, he's got a wonderful wife. He's got a wonderful wife. What that... does that have to do with his shirt? Well, she wouldn't let him sleep in a shirt and then go out with it. Yeah, no. Don't you, don't, aren't your men kind of staples of your fashion sense? Would you let your man go out dressed like shit? I mean, I don't, I mean, he has really good fashion sense, but he I don't does. Know. You don't think he does? I I mean this. I feel like you're putting me in an awkward position right now. But... <laughs> you, you're where? Okay, okay. Uh, where that? This deviated quickly. Back to back to the, <laughs> the companies. Hey, I, I just want you to know I was wearing the towel. And you know what? Yesterday. The Rothschilds probably invented Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So fuck you, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> no, 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 no. Trying to get no, into our podcast room. No, they're just trying room. to save the rule, the world. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. She's a frisky one. She doesn't play by the rules. She's a Mensa. Okay, um, so they own General Electric. What does General Electric own? NBC, MSNBC, CBN, CNB, CNBC, Bravo, History Channel. Okay, MSNBC. They own part of CBS. What does CBS own? CBS owns 14 stations, 200 affiliates. CBS Network, the Country Music Channel. I don't even know what Group W is. The, Net, Net, the Nashville Network, okay? They also own part of Viacom. What does Viacom own? Paramount Television, Spe Spelding TV, MTV, VH1, Showtime, The Movie Channel, UPN, Nickelodeon, Comedy Central, Sundance, okay? And CBS. Okay? That was Viacom. And they own CBS, uh -huh. yes. Um, and Disney, A or ABC. ABC, they own ESPN, the Lifetime Channel. They own A&E, History Channel, E. I mean, they own AB, they own ESPN and the E Channel. They own the, the Jock Channel and the Gay Guy Channel. Right? They got all dick on lockdown. All right? Time Warner, which just changed to what? Spectrum. Right, Aaron. Why? Because their community, their fucking customer service rating is dog shit. So they just changed their name. You see, you get it. What? Here's great. Here's great. Time Warner Spectrum owns what? What do they own? By the way, what do they own? They own CNN, HBO, TBS, TNT, Warner Brothers, Cartoon Network, you motherfuckers, okay? They, HBO, so like, okay, so you like, you own HBO, you own CBS, you own, and we haven't even got to the last one, but trust me, Fox News is on this, MSNBC. You own a big portion of all these. Right. You own a big chunk of the message. So when you watch Bill Maher, who I think Bill Maher and I could sit down, I don't even smoke weed, I'd smoke weed with him, Sit down, smoke weed, talk about black hookers, and just have a real fucking heart-to-heart. -heart, and we're going to agree on 99% of it. But man, him, John Oliver, both take a check. And who signs that check? Fucking Time Warner. And who signs that check? The fucking Rothschilds, man. You know? So when you see John Oliver do a hit piece on third-party candidates, like, there's a reason, man. Like... I love HBO. It, the, the programming is amazing. But Bill Simmons got fired. You know why? Because he wasn't taking notes from anybody. He wouldn't do what they told him to. Right. Um, I used to work at HBO. Oh, shit. <laughs> so maybe you're in on it. I've had I mean, people on here where I thought were CIA. Are you part of it? <laughs> I'm part of the... Like, I'm totally cool Controlling the message. Um, this is like every, I don't work there anymore. This is like every Mel Gibson movie from the fucking 90s, by the way. Um, but I will say that when I, because I worked in development at HBO for a couple of years, and I will say that we had very strict rules on messages of uh, that our content could have, like even dramas, sitcoms. It was very specific, like no slavery, no this, no that. Um, so you know, uh, yeah. And but, and then we're gonna get into this because I think this is very important. Aaron, you're going to need to hear this, and I know you're upset about it, okay? So we go to Time War. We just did this. Here's the next one. News Corp uh, LTD. What is that? The Fox News Network and Rupert Murdoch. 
What does he own? Fox TV, 22 stations. 50% of U.S. households, Fox International, okay, Fox Latin, all this shit. They own Fox News, too. They own the L.A. Dodgers. Fox News, okay? So now they got everything on lockdown. So you're telling me that you believe that they are putting, that their whole thing is pit people together. Absolutely. And because uh, they realize that it, that sort of fighting sort of co, it, it it's, um, creates a co, coherent, not coercion. What's that word? Cohesive, cohesion, whatever. Anyway. Whatever. You could have used the um, word we've been like, oh, yeah, sounds great. It breaks the system down. You are down. the smartest person in the room, so feel free to just make up. No, it Aaron's pretty it. smart. I'm sorry, Aaron. You took that sensitive. <laughs> Aaron, we like your shirt. Don't be <laughs> sensitive. We like your shirt, okay? Yeah. Sam's with, Sam has a periodic table shirt on. Yeah. Yeah, I have, I I have, have a fucking Velvet Jones, and your Chi-Chi's are hanging out in your Metallica shirt. Can you it's okay, s- you're allowed, you're allowed, you're allowed. I made that uncomfortable. I Why did I make that uncomfortable? Are they actually hanging out on the no, side? No, they're not. They're they're just, not. It's just a little bit of side I'm boob. just trying to like, like this video give you a little shit online? so Aaron feels better, okay? Aaron, how Aaron, do you feel? we have both had boobs. How awesome is that? <laughs> oh, God! Everybody in this room has tits, okay? Are we fine? Be nice I'm to Aaron. Sorry. He's the only thing keeping me here. I can't lie. You look like you just woke up. Okay, sorry. Aaron, she is only kidding, Aaron. You're a wonderful person. Tell her he's nice, No, you are. You're really nice. I want to give you a hug. What kind of shoes are you wearing? These young chicks, they they, they don't give a fuck. So listen. Okay, but so to, um, oh, you were talking about the different countries that currently don't have central banks. Um, But I want to just get into something real quick. And because it's important what you're talking about. Yes. Is that there are good guys They've created the good versus the bad. And it, it all depends on what your perspective is, okay? So the good, it, from when I'm growing up, the Democrats were for the people. Mm-hmm. They were for the people. You, they, they deal in emotion. Right. Your whole thing, equality for everybody. Everybody's good. Everybody should have a chance. Everybody's equal. Then the other side is power, money, greed. That's what they're and and and, they, and the Republicans, the conservatives, can deal all in, blatantly saying all that because that's what their constituents want. Whereas the Democrats cannot deal in any of that, because their people are all about equality, love. So so, it's very important that you realize that when you realize what gets reported. So when it comes to Obama versus Trump, I say it all the time. It's like your significant other is cheating on you. And not your real one, but your just made up one is is cheating on you. Do you want to know about it or don't you want to know about it? If you want to know about it, that's Trump. If you don't want to know about it, that's Obama. Because the media never told you any of this. And I have my friends who are just flipping out about this Russian stuff right now, which I'm not saying nothing, none of it's true. I'm saying maybe everything's true. Maybe the Russians are on this. Maybe Hillary is sucking Saudi fucking royal family dick. Maybe it's all true. But you're never going to hear about it on the Democratic side because they, they have to keep the persona of pro wrestling going. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I think it's interesting. Even just the, if you do accept the fact that these sort of ideologies have been created to fight with each other. Keep people fighting, keep the peasants arguing with each right. other. You know, it's it's. I was just when you were talking about that, I was just thinking about like abortions, for example. Why do I think sometimes people just accept their their um, their party's ideologies without even questioning, being like, why do we have this? Like, why do conservatives? Why are conservatives pro life? Like that's so. They're pro life. They're they're pro life, but then when it comes down to like vegans and those are all on the liberal side. Like if you're pro life, why aren't you arguing for pro life of animals? Like yeah. it's so weird how it's so specific. Um, but you know when you look at so the the liberal side has definitely been I think pushed by the media recently, and so when I was just poked and prodded. It's been pushed. So that's kind of been like at universities. That's this is the new way. This is the new. This is how we need to be like the liberal, like pushing like women's rights and gay rights and all these things. And so if you if you do accept that the Rothschilds are trying to go into new countries that don't have central banks and you look at Islam, for example, like they're saying Islam is now target because they're trying to get in in those countries. 
if you look at the liberal ideology, it's essentially been set up to be everything anti and anti anti what those countries are and what what they stand for. And we're like, oh, this is wrong. We need to we need to liberalize these. We need to liberate these people. Right. We need to give them freedom. We yes. need to give them rights. How yes. it's not fair. And you, they hate our freedoms and they want right. to hurt us and they they want to come to us and the and the hysteria and, of that all these right. people and they want to kill the gays, protect the gays. I mean, and by the way, I'm bisexual and my boyfriend's black, so I don't. I just wanted to be clear. That you are as liberal as I am. I'm I'm in the middle. I'm agnostic. I <laughs> I have no. Uh, so I just want to make sure that everything I say doesn't come off as like racist or something because I'm not. No, nobody thinks you're racist. You're all black guys. So I think know. that's <laughs> as uh, as I think the surest. Like that's my whole thing about Milo right now. I don't. I'm not a Milo fan. I don't think he is a uh, fucking warrior for free speech. I think he's a contrarian. But to call him a racist is the dumbest thing. When you suck a black dick, that's your get out of jail free card. That's my thing. <laughs> when you take a black dick in your mouth, you are saying everybody's equal. That's my I mean, opinion. You know, It's a win-win. So I think you'll be able to forever run for the rest <laughs> of your life for anything you want. Because you, you know, you've had black guys, and that's fucking cool. And it's good. I actually go back to everything conservatives have ever preached is a lie. They, like, on what do you mean by that? Uh, you know, I mean, now if we're going back, it's a Rothschild fucking message. But, you know, gays, you know, being gay is a sin. Interracial dating is a sin. Doing drugs is a sin. All that stuff, you know, it's just all been a lie to get people to fight over stupid shit. When you actually look, who are some of the coolest people in the world? Biracial, bisexual, pot smokers, okay? They're pretty laid back human beings and they're all good looking and they're smart and they don't, uh, you know, they don't get sick as much. If you believe in Darwinism, <laughs> Oh yeah, no, it's true. It totally makes sense to have interracial dating. Mm-hmm. I it watched... strengthens genes. Yes, Theoretically, I... if you look at like Richard Dawkins' book, uh, "Selfish Gene," he wrote. I think it was in the seventies or eighties, and the um, more. Are you are you dating are... black guys scientifically? Is that I mean, why you do it scientifically? You know, don't tell him that. But <laughs> all... My father doesn't seem to see it that way. Um, yeah, that is so weird. That is so <laughs> weird. It's like, damn you. Um, but let's get into the wars, right? Because I think it's very important, and then I want to get into into what I think is going on with Trump. So tell me about the Rothschilds and these wars. Well, I mean, I don't have any, like, I think you probably have more specific. Well, the whole thing is that if there's no, they want to put central banks everywhere. And there's those countries that we talked about and these central banks. And it's been basically, if you look at the seven wars that Obama has us in, which is something they never talked about. You know, it goes back to what I'm saying, good versus evil. Everybody's mad because Trump is getting rid of all these people, even though I don't know how many have been deported, a couple. Dude, let's all let's all let's all acknowledge that Black Jesus set the record. He put the high score up of fucking almost three million fucking deportations. He, that is more than all the rest of the presidents in front of him combined. Did nobody you, talks about it. Nobody right. talks you were about it. Black Jesus, you're talking about Obama, right? Yes, yeah. yes, black Jesus. He was going <laughs> to save us. He walked down water. Right. And it's like the Manchurian candidate. We wanted change so badly yeah. that they fast-tracked this dude. Well, yeah, I mean, Obama, it's interesting because, you know, he is very charismatic, and, and I I love watching him speak. He um, is like a, what I call the pop comedy comics that the girls all go goo-goo for. <laughs> They're all the good-looking guys who talk about, girl, girl, girls, why do you do this? Girls, why do you do it? You're always doing this, you're doing this. Girls like, why do we do that? And then they're just running through puss, kicking chicks out, not giving a fuck. I feel like you're only talking about one particular no, comic. No, I'm talking about a lot <laughs> I feel like you're of talking them. a specific comic. No, they're all, there's Maybe. a lot of them. There's a lot of them. <laughs> I don't ha- hate anybody but Dan Cook. But I, the, the rest of them I love. But I'm just saying there is this pattern, and that's why I feel like Obama was. And right. that there is, and it, it's like, if you criticize black people, you're if anything, whether it's valid or not, you're a racist. Right. And then even if what bothers me is that, I mean, you have like comics like Tyra Vera, who is a gay Hispanic, who was a Trump supporter. And people are like, oh, why do you hate yourself? Why do you hate your own race? Why do you, you know, and to assume instead of like engaging in logical debate and trying to pull up empirical evidence to support your idea, you know, or your ideologies, people were just like attacking immediately. They just try to attack the person instead of what they're talking about. And, um, you know, like Obama, that's a perfect, you know, a perfect 
perfect another perfect example of how the media distorts reality is that you know while Obama's running er, in office last eight years he spent I think it was 10 trillion dollars in eight years which was more than all of the presidents combined ever and when the the media was reporting reporting on this they were saying oh well the deficit is decreasing the deficit is decreasing but the people most people don't know the difference between the national debt and the deficit the deficit is the neg we had a deficit of negative negative 500 billion dollars i think last year people like oh it's only negative 500 billion dollars people thought the national debt was 500 billion dollars like most people a lot of liberal intelligent people who were like oh it's five i'm like how do you not know the deficit versus the debt we should not be clapping celebrating that we have a negative balance spending balance of 500 billion dollars for the first three years of obama being in office i think it was like a negative 1.2 uh, trillion dollars yes, yes something yes. crazy and that's not something we celebrated and, and people <laughs> but we didn't focus on that oh he decreased the deficit since and ironically i mean so and then that again ties into the Rothschilds because who benefits from us spending so much money it's yes. them they now own this the banking brings system. us to a very interesting point in this fucking conversation why are the Rothschilds and the central bank so important to what's going on right now? And it's a little thing called petrodollars. Bump, 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 bump. Sounds like something you'd see on, uh, you know, uh, the price is right. You know, you're going petrodollars. No, man, petrodollars is this. During the Nixon administration, those couple years that he was in, he, uh, our deficit was insane. Because the Federal Reserve, the Rothschilds, were printing more money than they had gold to back it up. It was like three to one. And they were freaking out. And they had to do something. So they did something. And I don't know the exact name of it. And if you if you do know, just put it in the YouTube comments, please, so everyone can hear it. They did a deal with the Saudi Arabians, which was they were going to back our dollar up with Saudi oil. And what does that mean? There's unlimited oil, so that's unlimited dollars to spend. So now, all of your trade right now, uh, when oil is traded, it is traded in U.S. dollars, meaning every barrel is sold at a U.S. dollar amount. It's not the pound, it's the U, and it's not gold. It's the U.S. dollar, which backs our economy. Now, I'm not smart enough to tell you how that works, how it backs it up, any of that stuff, but... I know that. Do you know how it works? No, I, I didn't even. I didn't even know this existed. Yes, this is fascinating. So, so that's where the dollar is. So we are indebted to Saudi Arabians and the Rothschilds. Okay, which brings us to right now. Now people are flipping out that if Hillary got elected, and this all has to do with Saudi Arabia. Okay, Yemen. They discovered they discovered a huge amount of oil in huge amount of oil in Yemen. Yeah, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Yemen might be landlocked, okay? They need to get the oil. They need to get the water, the Baltic Sea. The quickest way to do that is to go through Syria. So the, so the Saudis were working with the Yemens, and they wanted to build this pipeline through Syria. Syria wouldn't do this because that would fuck Russia. Now, why does not why does Russia not want this pipeline to go? Because Russia gives Europe thirty percent of its energy. So if you put this pipeline, they're not going to need that oil from Russia, and that's going to devastate devastate Russia's economy. economy. But if this pipeline doesn't come through. China, Russia, Iran, Syria, Iraq, Libya, all want to create a brand new federation like OPEC, their own OPEC, in which they were going to trade oil on the gold standard, which would devastate our economy. Right. So this goes back, and this is boring. If it is, I'm sorry. This... This is where we're at right now. We are in a... Someone's got to give. It's two gorillas going at it, okay? We can't go in there and go, we can't take out Assad. We can't do it. We are part of agreement. We're the first power. We don't assassinate. So we do do it for other people. 
This war, Syrian war, is also between Iraq and Saudi Arabia, Shiites versus Sunnis. And they hate each other. And they're having a proxy war right now in Yemen. Oh, it's Qatar. Which who not knows Qatar. if that even that whole argument was started by the I mean, I bet if you looked it up, somehow maybe this that whole fight yeah. has been exacerbated because they want them to destroy each other because then the whole economy. That's a theory about Israel. Put Israel right in the middle there. Everybody can't focus. They just want to focus on Israel, not focus on coming together. Right. So that's the whole thing. And the reason they didn't want Hillary, the reason the world didn't want Hillary in, because she was going to enforce a no-flight zone. What? Not, no more tail? Okay. They wanted him floor. I thought you were like, don't talk about it. They're listening. Okay? <laughs> they, they, wanted, they thought Hillary was going to enforce a no-fly zone, which would have been war. And that's why I think you're seeing a real hard push right now for the Russia and Trump connection. Right. Even though there hasn't been one actual, like, email brought up, it's all hearsay, hearsay, hearsay. Oh, I have a source, 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 source. These guys have been meeting with these people. And you, you talked about leaks earlier. I think that is so fucking deep that everybody around Trump is fucking in on it. I think Pence realized he's a heartbeat away from, from being the president. president. Right. And they don't know where the leaks are coming from. I'm telling you, it's someone very close to Trump that was releasing all this crazy shit. And you don't know what's real anymore. You don't know. Because it's all the same news telling you, and it's all owned by the Rothschilds. Right. And now Facebook, I mean, I think a large portion of Facebook was also bought by them. And so now Facebook, they are censoring news. I know people, this is so crazy. I know people who, um, like I said, I'm in the I'm in the middle. I'm a libertarian, so I don't really identify with either party. But I know people on the right um, who are more pro-Trump who when they post on Facebook I know even comics some comics who even just do jokes that aren't even that are actually left but then they do jokes that like act like they're on the right their accounts get shut down and the they're they're not able to log in their account like Facebook is now trying to jail it's Facebook jail yeah That's what they call it they're trying to control people on Facebook which is crazy which is going to be how you end up leaving Facebook that's what's going to really yeah. fucking happen of the jokes I post on Facebook are all neutral, so I always I always get pretty good visibility because I don't think it's people can tell if it's right or left. But I think all this I don't think he's perfect. I think it's really crazy to think that a seventy year old man who went through the Cold War and World War Two did he go through World War Two? No, no, he didn't go. He's too young for that. Yeah, he was. But hard. But it came out through that whole thing, Cold War, that he would just sell sell the United States. I don't think he's a white knight, but he would sell out. I think the only honest thing that you could say between him and the Russians is they offered him 20% of Rush, the Russian state-owned oil company, which is a lot of money, dude. When you think about the 30% of that energy to Europe, that's a lot of money. Right. Well, I think it's, you know, I think... I have I have a lot of res- <laughs> I don't say I have a lot of respect for Russia, but I admire I admire um, um, I would say Putin. It's Putin. I was say wrong. I I admire Putin. If you watch his interviews, he really to me he seems like he really cares about Russia, and he to me he seems like he wants peace. He doesn't. He did a, a private sort of um, uh, like. Not a convention, but like a, a um, like he did a press release essentially with like twelve independent news reporters, not tied to NBC because they obviously wouldn't show it. Right. Anonymous was one of them, and um, you know he's like, this is before Clinton and Trump were elected, or before Trump was elected, and and they were still vying for you know the candidacy. And he said, you know, I I really want peace and. The U.S. right now is putting more missiles by Russia. 100%. And they're saying that it's for Iran. He's like, you're already in a deal. So why are you putting more missiles there? It makes no sense. He's like, we're not stupid. We know what you're doing. They were trying to engage in a war with Russia. And, you know, like you said, Russia um, pulled out or is pulling out of of the, the Federal Reserve and and I think Trump may may try to. Who knows? I mean, you no, know, he's already said it. And that, like we talked earlier, is the surest sign that he's not backed by the Rothschilds, and that's would also 
probably prove why the media has been so against him. Do you see? Do you see a red scare going on right now? The classic red scare. If you guys want to watch it, watch um, Oliver Stone's Untold Stories of U.S. History, and you will see there is a playbook that comes of the fear of the Russians. Get everybody geared up because the Russians are coming. Even though the Saudis are the ones who's funded all this crazy ass shit. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about uh, about everybody's anger at the Russians. Our our connections to the Saudis are crazy, dude. Oh yeah. Like Huma, do you ever look into Huma? Yes. And like she was running Hillary's campaign, and her all of her family are like extremists. Yes, a very high up, very high up at. The Muslim Brotherhood. And this guy tried to convince me it's a charity think tank. I'm like, you're nuts. And that's why the second batch of emails, people went nuts. Because they found it on Huma's computer. Classified evidence. And, you know, going back, and we'll wrap it up here in a few, Aaron. uh, Going back to Syria and how ISIS is, you know, why is Russia fighting ISIS? Like, they're both our enemies. Why are they fighting each other? That's like Batman going, uh, why is the Goblin fighting uh, Lex Luthor? Right. That doesn't make sense. They would come together and fight us. Yes. If we were there. But enemy. they're fighting each other because, and this goes back to Benghazi, and everyone's upset about Benghazi, and they, they make it about emails, and it's not about emails on a private server or a public server. It's about the fact that that guy in the U.S. Embassy knew that we were training ISIS Supplying him with weapons and possibly giving them chemical weapons. Oh, we have. We've been giving them white phosphorus. And you know who makes the white phosphorus? Who? Monsanto. See, and that's the whole thing, Monsanto develops all of the GMO food and they're, like, taking over the agriculture. I mean, that's a whole nother whole nother episode we'll I do could that go one so too. deep into that with we'll do that one on an, uh, very soon but it would be interesting it's going to be interesting to see if the u.s tries to pull back from the federal reserve i don't even know if it's possible at this point because it's so intertwined but i think the last large country first world country that pulled back from the federal reserve was germany hitler pulled pulled out of the federal reserve or, i mean pulled out of the central banking system did you know that did you ever hear that there's there's a theory that he was a rothschild no, I didn't hear that. Yeah, that's a conspiracy out there, too. But then why would he pull back from the central banking system? It's all part of the game, dude. There's actually theories that they're behind the whole big thing. And that if that bad thing happens with six million, allegedly, no, only kidding, six million <laughs> Jews, that there's this whole, like, pushback against anti-Semitism and that it, it would allow all this stuff that's happened now. I'm not saying, to, listen, dude. When people go, oh, dude, are you saying this is going on? There are going behind this? I'm like, I'm not saying that anything's going on. I'm just saying, look at what was gained from what happened. All You know, since since the 2001, 9-11, our Pentagon has spent almost $14 trillion lost or spent on war. Now, Dude, 3,000 people lost, and that's really... And now there's this whole thing. Have you heard about Vault 7? Uh-uh. There's this whole thing that Wiki, Wiki, WikiLeaks is going to put out something that the whole part of 9-11, and this... Aaron, hold on. Hold on. The reason Building 7's important is because all the bullion and gold that the Nazis had fucking stolen was moved to that building. Mm. And that was in the basement. And that's what that was all about, is putting that whole thing down because there was so much gold in there. That's what's going on on the Internet right now. It is so deep, this Rothschild thing. And that's why I think they're going after Trump so hard because he wants killing all this free trade deals. Try Mention getting rid of the Rothschilds and the, the, the federal thing. The key is he's – and, dude, this Pizzagate shit, in the last three weeks, Aaron, Aaron, last three weeks, you doubted me. Almost a thousand pedophiles have been have been arrested, and they just shut down a giant international child orphanage that was stealing kids. Ugh. And they just shut it down yesterday. It was a huge arrest, and there's more coming, dude. And I think they're going to blame it all on Anthony Weiner. I think he's going to be the guy that takes the big fall, and he ends up dead. And you can hear it here. That's my honest opinion.
That was a great po- Everyone always goes, Sam, talk about one subject. We did it. You know, Vanessa, I love having you on the show. You're oh, I, I know you do another podcast, but if you ever want to be on this one more regularly, you're, you are more than welcome to be. Okay? And uh, why don't you push anything you got to push? Oh, sure. Um, so I have another podcast called The Morbid Report, and we talk about really disturbing world news happening around the world that is more like funny. It's more like a, a, it's a comic. It's supposed comedic. to be a comedy podcast. I don't know how much. <laughs> I try my hardest to make it funny, but I, <laughs> when I'm Armenian, I end up fucking yelling. <laughs> Are you Armenian? I'm half. What's the other half? Italian. Oh, okay. That, that's, that's a pretty... Like I a feel- lot. It's a lot in one person. Um, right? Hey, hey, Al, come in here. She wants to insult you too. Can we I get mean, this going? I don't think Al likes me. No, no. Um, I, I can't say anything for Aaron. <laughs> I've never seen him turn his chair away. He hasn't looked at us once. He hasn't even talked. He hasn't to looked us. at you. He looks at me all the time for help and wrap I, this up. I didn't know that we were going to be on camera because I am wearing like a like a like a wife like a very low tank top thing. Um, is it a wife beater when a woman wears it, or is it just a I lesbian beater? I hope I haven't had any, like, I've been trying to, have hey, I been good? I need, I need fucking uh. views on this thing. Oh, that's why you're not looking at us, Aaron. <laughs> you're just trying to see, titay! Titay! Uh, why uh, Van- Vanessa Johnson on Twitter? Oh, um, Vanessa Johnson was already taken by oh. some fucking nobody. Yeah. Is that piss? Is that <laughs> p- fucking bullshit? John Stew on Twitter. Well, you were um, great. I'd love to have you on here again. I know you're super busy, but maybe we can figure something out if it fits your schedule and you want to talk about. Because I like people who actually come on the show and do some fucking research. I mean, that's me. Yes. I read while I was driving here. Oh, good. Oh, thank you for doing the two minutes on the way over. <laughs> uh, this has been Tinfoil Hat. Let us know what you think. Uh, Instagram, what's your Instagram? Oh, uh, Vanessa V. Johnston. Okay. Okay. Do the Johnson and the Johnstons get along, or is it some weird shit? Um, they're two different countries. Johnson is Norwegian, and Johnston is Scottish. And ironically, my mom is a Johnson, and my dad's a Johnston. Oh, that is weird. Are they? Is it Hatfield McCoys? Do they get along? Not really, no. All right. Well, you're one of the smartest people I know. Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I hope you had a great time. Uh, I'll make it funnier next time. I just love talking <laughs> conspiracies. Welcome to the Conspiracy Theory Podcast that's so conspiracy that we don't laugh at all during it. I had a great time. You were awesome on it. Thank you for coming on and uh, come back again very soon. Guys, thanks for tuning in. And uh, I'm getting Brandon uh, Brandon Walsh on next week. I'm going to try to get Duncan Trussell on too. So we'll do it. It's getting bigger, better. If you have anybody you like, follow me on Twitter at it, at tin foil hat pod and uh recommend people and i'm gonna try to build it as long as that will let me be on here i will be doing it so thank you guys for tuning in and check out uh the diabolical on itunes pre-order it and my youtube page all right guys we'll see you soon take care bye